World Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copyvasta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepy Podsta, the Creepy Pasta Podcast. Hello, welcome. This episode is of the show that you know about. Uh, oh boy, I still, every time I do the intro, I'm like, mm, do I say my name in that beginning part? Uh, I don't think I do. I'm Jeff Kowalski. I host the show that you already know the name and etymology of. Uh, that's, I decide, like, I decided it was very important that the 30 second intro uh, give the etymology of this podcast's unusual name because I feel like you have to be between the ages of like 22 and 30 uh, and also have to have been on the internet as a young teenager to understand at all what the word creepypasta is supposed to mean uh, or that this is a pun. I mm, The reason I started the show is because I thought of the pun. Uh, and here we are. Well, also it was October and that's spooky times. Um, Okay, so here's the origin story episode, what is this, 78, I think? Maybe 77? Here's the origin story, finally. It was uh, October 2015, and I was thinking, I was watching horror movies every night, and then I thought of the uh, pun Creepypasta, which would be a podcast about creepypastas, and I'm like, well, I have to do it now, obviously. I thought of it, and there doesn't seem to be one already. I found out later that there was one already, but the guy had stopped working on it like six months before. Whew! Uh, anyway, it wasn't in iTunes, so it doesn't really count as a podcast. Um, and then my D&D group was like, nah, we can't play D&D tonight. Uh, but two of the people from the D&D group were like, well, uh, yeah, I guess I'll be on a podcast. We'll talk about these creepypastas that we like. And so that's how it all started. And I have not missed a week yet. Um, I, there was an intentional gap with um, one story that was just like read aloud and an unintentional gap, which I guess could count as a missed week, um, where it was another just creepy podster story time. Anyway, we're two and a half minutes into this intro. I'll probably let's start the show. And by let's, I mean me. I it's just me that does starting the show <laughs> here. Here it goes. I have guests. They're both old time returning guests. They're very incredibly old. I don't know why I decided to word it that way. Uh, both returning guests, please welcome back to the show, Leah Patterson. Hi. And Cassie Kingsbury. What's up, creeps? Oh snap! I want to call I it, I want to call the fans creeps, um, but it's the same problem that Yo's this racist has, where he wants to refer to the fans as racists. That's fine. <laughs> um, I don't see a problem with that. Yeah, I think it's I think that's extremely funny, but I feel like maybe the fans would not like to be called creeps. Um, but anyway, don't complain. What's don't tweet up, at me pastas? about it, creeps. How's that? Mm, that's worse, <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, 
So we were talking in the Creepypodsta fan group on Facebook, and that's why this is this pair of people recording this episode, because um, someone brought up that they were watching Are You Afraid of the Dark? And then Leah was like, hey, remember this episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? I think Cassie Cassie said remember remember this episode, and it was the opposite of what you're saying. No, it was you, and then Cassie replied like the monster on that was scary, wasn't it? You said this one with a haunted swimming pool really messed me up. Uh, it's a shame there's no way we could ever check. Yeah, oh well. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, Leah and I one agree. of it's a very scary Yeah. Episode. Yeah, it's very uh-huh. visually not appropriate for children. So yes. So Leah, please uh, t- tell us about the tale of the dead man's float, season five, episode one, from October seventh, nineteen ninety five. All right. Well, can I tell like the beginning of it because I watched it like a week ago and thought that would be enough, and now I'm currently reading a synopsis trying to remember how it ends. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. We'll jump in as um, as as you start to stumble and forget. I just watched okay. it like half an hour ago, so. All right. Yeah, maybe I also I'll watched s- it earlier today. I will explain the flashback, and that's <laughs> as much specific information as I can give. So I'm very okay. prepared. I'm ready for this. Um. So, it, it, the story starts us in, like, the, sometime in the 1950s, and there's, like, this douchey um, lifeguard guy trying to make out with this girl at an indoor pool, which I think later on turns out to be, like, a haunted pool. Um, and he, there's a little boy swimming in the pool, and he's not paying attention, because obviously, like, the little boy in the pool's older sister's super hot. Um, they're just, I don't know, are they, like, macking in front of, uh, the little brother? I can't remember. But basically, yeah, they're, the they're little brother's swimming. They're doing TV switching. Yeah, exactly. So, the little brother's swimming, and everything seems normal, and he seems to be having, like, a really great time. And then suddenly, we see him from, like, underwater as if, like, we're looking up at him, and we're like, oh, there's a boy in the water, and he starts getting pulled under. Um, and he's, like, fighting for his life, and by the time they get in the pool to help him, I think he's drowned to death. So something in the water killed him. And then we flash to the 80s. And all I can tell you is that in the synopsis, when it introduces the character Zeke, uh, it describes him as the school's smartest loser. Uh, Yeah, I think we see him accidentally blowing up uh, one of those uh, volcano things, Mm -hmm. like vinegar and baking soda volcano. Um, in front no, of a bunch it's of not vinegar and baking soda, it's a very specific chemical that comes into play later in the episode. Oh, okay. What chemical is it? Tell me. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, it sounded like something that might be real. Uh, I like that. Um, they well, one this this synopsis from the "Are You Afraid of the Dark" wiki uh, does refer to the dust they throw in the fire as non dairy creamer. And then <laughs> one of the one of the like uh, the this like wannabe kid f- for the Midnight Society puts his hand in the bag and like tastes it. So they're really hanging a lantern that this is not magic dust. It is just non dairy creamer that they throw in the fire. Um, Okay, so yeah, he. Oh, this girl's name is Clarice. I thought it was like like Clarice, uh, but no, it's like chlorine, but with a s at the end instead of an n sound, <laughs> which I guess makes sense because she's on the swim team. 
Um, anyway, technical difficulties aside, uh, we skip forward to 1994, uh, 40 years later, and yes, uh, experimental volcano, uh, and it explodes because he miscalculated. And the amount of metanite I found out. Metanite. That sounds very real. That yeah. is also the name of one of Kirby's friends, but spelled different. Um, anyway, uh, the two girls in class, Greta and Clarice, who are both on the school swim team, have a little crush on him. That doesn't seem true. They both are like, ugh, that guy's such a wasteoid loser, or whatever people said in the know. 90s. <laughs> wasteoid. Uh, Greta definitely liked him. She, like, wanted to help him clean up his volcano mess and dragged Clarice up to help him with that and she was all like ugh I don't want to help him he's such a geek but uh you know but so so Greta liked liked him okay oh and the the janitor's name last name is Dempster like Dumpster because he's the janitor so Zeke the geek uh Dempster the dumpster man and Clarice the uh chlorine pool lady I guess um so, uh, what, oh yeah, Zeke is like, oh, I found this cool thing, but you have to meet me, uh, at a, at a creepy time all alone, oh, and I won't tell you about it. And she's like, but I have practice. And he's like, then meet me before school, and also I won't tell you about it. And she's like, oh yeah, you won't tell me that I'm definitely gonna meet you. Uh, and so they meet up in the boys' locker room, uh, at 7.30 in the morning, and he's like, don't worry, this isn't creepy. And he pries open a secret door uh, that reveals the school's abandoned pool. Uh... <clears throat> which is weird and then they fix it like the they're like they tell the school and the school was like okay uh yeah we'll just use that we have no records as to why it was closed in the, also, in the are you in the are you afraid of the dark wiki it says as the last sentence when she's like i'm gonna get the pool reopened it says this makes zeke really nervous because he just knows that history is going to repeat itself which seems <laughs> yeah. Which like I don't necessarily know if that's true. Um, don't we find out that he's afraid of water? Which is is that yeah, what it is? Because, oh, yes. He got tangled up in like a net or something when he was swimming as a kid, and so he's afraid yeah. of swimming. So that's probably yeah, why he doesn't want the pool filled. Right. If he knows about the prior incidents, that adds a whole other level to the story that is not explored in any way. So I can't imagine that's the case. The complete the lack of warning, maybe? The history that's going to repeat itself is him being dragged underwater, right? That's what he's worried about. But the wiki has not made it clear that that is his tragic backstory, so... <laughs> Um, Wait, are you suggesting that the people editing the Are You Afraid of the Dark wiki are not the best writers? I mean, mm. I don't want to make such uh, such calls there. They, I'm sure they're, Listen, they're very good people. I'm sure they're very knowledgeable. I can make no such claims here on this literary criticism podcast about bad writing <laughs> online. <laughs> um Okay, so then everything is fine for a while until Zeke is like, teach me how to swim. Um, he's like, teach me to read. Uh, and then she takes him to the pool and they get in an inflatable boat and she makes fun of him a lot for being a wuss. Um, and then he gets yanked into the water by a ghost. Um, 
And then she's like, nah, that wasn't a ghost. You're just an idiot. Uh, and then she gets yanked into the water okay. by a ghost. Jeff, <laughs> I need to interrupt you because you are totally misrepresenting the tone of this scene. <laughs> okay, go allow on. Me, allow me to make a correction. So, Zeke tells this sad story about how when he was a kid, he got he almost drowned and it was really scary. And he feels like it could happen again if he goes back in the water because he kind of cheated death the first time. And Clarice is listening with Rap's attention and is very sympathetic and says that she wants to help him. And they're clearly having little teen uh, like beginnings of crush feelings. And they're very nice to each other. And then they get attacked by the ghost. So that's what actually happened. Go on. Yeah, I don't know. I just hate the Zeke guy. I want everyone to be... Yeah, no, he's the worst. I want everyone to push him in the pool all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So they get a, they get pulled into the pool by an invisible ghost. Uh, Wait, and then the, is, the first time they get in the pool, don't they get pulled into the pool by Greta? Because she's like trying to. Oh yeah, you're keep right. Happening, she's like, I definitely have a crush on him, and you knew that, and you got in an inflatable boat with him in this pool. <laughs> <laughs> she said that with her eyes. She really did. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah, she calls back, uh, she says, I thought you didn't like puppies, and Zeke is like, what does that mean? Uh, and Clarice, Clarice, god, that's not a name! Uh, is like, what, uh, never mind. Um, and then it smells bad, um, and Zeke puts his hand in the water, and then he, yes, sorry, Greta gets pulled in, sorry, Clarice gets pulled in by Greta first, and then Zeke gets pulled in, and it's a real ghost. Um, but Clarice is still like, nah, probably not, right? Uh, and then they both get pulled in because the ghost flips their raft, and then the janitor helps them, and surprise, surprise, he's the um, older kissing teen from the flashback who saw that child get killed. Um and he helps them, and then Zeke is like, I have a chemical that will let us look at the ghost, right? Uh, and it, he- Yes, so the problem is that the ghost is invisible. Um, I also think this is where we get the throwaway explanation of what this ghost is, uh, if, you, if you don't mind me mentioning yeah, it. it. Uh, the janitor says, oh, you know, this pool, it was built on a cemetery, and they had to get rid of it to build the pool, and they moved all the bodies, but I guess they missed one, and it's looking for revenge. And there's, like, no proof of that, or explanation, or further exploration of it. It's just like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense, so now what do we do? And since the ghost is invisible, Zeke uh, figures out a way to use science to make the ghost visible, which should... I don't know, I guess help them fight it or something. Yeah, they're basically dyeing the ghost orange with a chemical called methyl orange, according to this article. Because apparently the ghost is acidic, is what the article says. I don't know what that means. Because every time the ghost shows up, it smells acidic, and he's like, hmm, acid, methyl orange would turn something red if it touches something acidic. And so uh, they do this, and the worst-looking, like, the not worst, like, bad special effect, worst, like, incredibly terrifying, um, <laughs> just, like, um, messed-up skeleton corpse man that looks like blood rises out of the pool and attacks them, and so they all uh, run away. 
way. So scary. Oh my gosh. And first it's like they first pour the chemical in and they're looking down and it's just like cloudy orange and you can't see anything. It's just like a cloud of color. And they're like, it's taking shape. And it slowly turns into this creepy skeleton, which then bursts out of the water and is looming over them. And it's horrifying. It's too scary. It's scary because it kind of moves like a person too, but it looks like it's just like a ton of enlarged veins hanging over a skeleton shape. It's so terrible. Yeah, and the special effect uh. is surprisingly good. Uh, I think in general, the like monster designs for this show, on the page in the background here, it shows this monster and also a clown monster that I uh, was reminded of today that is also incredibly scary. Um, and uh, whoever designed the good monsters on this show, I hope that they still have a career designing monsters because those two, <laughs> at the very least, are incredibly good. Um, anyway, they run off screaming, uh, and they enact some Scooby-Doo plan to get rid of the ghost. Right? Pretty much. Alright, do you mind if I jump in again? I'm sorry. I I literally just watched it. (laughs) Okay, so, (laughs) first, uh, Zeke, in a moment of bravery, uh, picks up, like, a pool cleaner stick thing and tries to slash at the ghost, and he discovers that it's actually made of water, even though it looks like a gooey, gross skeleton. Like, it goes through it like it's water. And, uh, they run off into the locker room where the janitor is, like, in shock, and the kids are trying to, like, figure out what to do, and then you see this, like, drain in the corner on the floor, and this red goo just starts bubbling up into the drain, because I guess the ghost is made of water, so it can just travel through pipes or whatever. Um, so that's really scary, and then the ghost shows up there. Uh, the Scooby-Doo plan is that they, uh... Well, actually, the, the the girl thought of this because the a subplot was that she should be learning science from Zeke, who offered to tutor her. Yeah. And she grabbed some of that. What was that chemical called again? Um, Madonite? Men, Mengenite, I think, is on, it's what's on the page here. Uh, okay, yeah, so she man- grabbed a jar of that. Manganite. She grabbed a jar of that from the lab, and the plan is to... Uh, dump that on the ghost because it reacts uh like explosively with acid right mm. right yes no maybe not with acid with water with water yeah that's right because uh he knocks the bucket the closed bucket of it into the pool because clarice is about to open it with her wet hands uh which would make her uh burn uh which would be bad um, oh yeah i loved that they just like snuck in a little science lab safety lesson they were like, by the way, always use gloves when handling dam- dangerous chemicals. But anyway, yeah. we're going to fight a monster. I was like, oh, thanks, Nickelodeon. Oh, fun fact I just discovered reading this page. Uh, the kid who dies in the flashback part is Jay Barrichell. What? Yeah, Jay, I guess he's uh, Canadian. Um, and much like Ryan Gosling, who appeared on an episode of this show and an episode of Goosebumps, Jay Baruchel appears in four episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, uh, Jay Baruchel, first of all, has the thickest Canadian accent ever and literally has a maple leaf tattooed on his chest. I'm not making that up. I'm just wow. letting you know he's definitely Canadian. Yeah, he's from Ottawa. Um, and it makes sense that 22 years ago he was a teenager, so he would have been in this show. Um, that's fun. I like that. I, I wonder what other Canadian, uh, celebrities besides Jay Baruchel and Ryan Gosling have been on this show. I'll never find out. Um, 
Where? Oh, that's right. Uh, so did we get to them defeating the ghosts uh, and going away? Did we? Yeah, they, uh, they definitely dumped they that stuff on it. Yeah, they melt they melt the ghost, um, and then um, Clarice and Zeke are dating, and he reads science on a floaty thing in the pool while she goes swimming. Uh, oh, and then, it, then it cuts back to the Midnight Society, and they all are like, ah, the kid who told that, it's a good story, but he sucks, so we're not letting him in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But they do, they do invite him back to tell another story, but everyone hates him. Probably rightfully so, because he seems like kind of a, like, wiener. Yeah, he just, like, you know... Yeah. That's true. Uh, So, what did we think of this episode? Leah, you go first. Okay, this is one of my, like, gold star Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes. I was, like, the perfect age when this was out, where, like, I shouldn't have been watching it. I had to have been, like, three or four. Um, and so, like, mo- most of the stuff that really scared me when I was younger was um, image-based. So this episode has the scariest, grossest monster. Um, and I really appreciate it for that. And I also like the little, like, jump from the 1950s to the 90s, because they don't do that in a lot of episodes. But it's to be assumed that most of the monsters on that show are usually from, like, something bad happening in the past. Yeah. That's it. It's a good episode. It, it does all the things that the show is supposed to do. It's scary and hard to look at. <clears throat> I just want to say that you were not the perfect age when this came out, because it came out the year you were born. Wait, what year did it come out? 1995. Okay, that's fair. Okay, so when it was very... <laughs> eerie, I wonder it scarred you so much. <laughs> you watched it as a to watch this. <laughs> I do have, like, weird memories where, like, when we moved a lot within the first, like, four years of my life, there would always be a TV there, and that show would always be the show that was on when my parents were moving furniture into the house. So Wow. It's creepy. Yeah. Uh, My first memory is the patio being poured um, at the house I grew up in, Um, but I was, like, three or four when that happened. Um, so now it's just a memory of a memory. Oh, well, that's how memory works. Wow, that was a wistful tangent. (laughs) Cassie, what did you think of this episode? I actually really loved this episode. I thought not only did it have all those great elements that Leah talked about, but I thought the storytelling was really well done. I don't mean that dweeb storytelling, but like the actual progression of the episode. Like it builds up tension in this amazing way and watching it I was just like sitting there like, come on, the thing should happen already. But they're like, no, the thing's not going to happen yet. We're just going to keep building up this tension. And they had all these great moments where like the janitors talking about, um, you know, his his tragic backstory of letting this kid die. And the camera's like zoomed in on his face and he's giving this absolutely mediocre performance. But <laughs> the way it's treating it, it's like it's an amazing dramatic performance. <laughs> and uh, I just thought I just really appreciated all of those things. I thought it was really well done. 
Except for the acting, obviously, but... <laughs> yeah, that's uh, one of the issues with this show in general, is I think that this was a well-directed and well-written episode, but literally all of the actors are terrible. <laughs> um, this is before we learned that if you're going to make a show in Canada, you have to import good actors. Um, <laughs> they just use like, whatever 13-year-olds happened to be around Vancouver at the time. Uh, so, yeah, it's not not great um but yeah i i agree with the there was a lot of whenever someone is in the water there's a lot of jaws shots of just like something coming towards them from the bottom of the pool and that's really effective an effective way to build tension because it like they'll like cut back between the kid sticking his hand in the pool and the underwater camera getting closer and closer and then he pulls his hand out and it's it's like a really good building of tension and then a release um that's very effective the monster is very scary uh i lament though that these actors were so bad i mean i thought that the the kids were actually all right i mean like didn't didn't we all talk like that in the 90s i don't know <laughs> mm. yeah maybe we did i don't remember. I have no memory of anything. Uh, it's, it's the patio being poured and then now, and there's nothing in between. Um, you guys were all talking about this one being a scary one on the Facebook group. I didn't remember it at all. Uh, I don't know. I might have seen it before now, but I don't specifically remember it. It didn't seem familiar to me. Um, and the one that I always do remember is, well, this clown one that is in the background of the wiki seems familiar. I think I remember that one. Although that might just be... Is he be... smoking a cigar? Yeah, is it the cigar clown? Uh, it's like a scary clown with glowing eyes and a huge mouth. It's like a clown doll. Hmm. No, that's not... That's um, like the secondary clown episode, I think, for Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> the <laughs> only one I remember is where they get trapped in the mall overnight and the whole mall turns into a pinball machine. Oh, yeah! That one was great! And I remember the giant pinball ball coming over the escalator and it's going to come down and crush them and that's all that's the only thing I remember from this show uh, besides the intro which is the spookiest intro of any show except maybe the X-Files um, oh, it's it just actually like, like creeped me out when I was watching it earlier because I haven't seen it in years and I was yeah. like genuinely getting creep feelings watching it. <laughs> it's just like a blue filter boat on a lake at night and Can then another guys, blue yeah, filter shot you. and it's a swing and there's nothing around and there's some leaves are blowing and it's like really genuinely creepy. Um, and then the frame story is always these kids sitting around a campfire at night in the woods like what? Excuse me? Uh, they're so badass. They just, like, wander into this little place in the woods, like, clearly sneaking out. Um, it's the Midnight Society, so presumably it's midnight. Yeah. And then they just tell stories to freak each other out. This is the exact opposite of the things I liked to do as a child, so it's... Uh, it's exciting to watch people do that, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, I feel like by... We like what? I think we lost Leah, Jeff. Wait, I'm yeah, back. I, yeah, she's back. Oh, now. you're back. Yeah, I missed that, that whole conversation, I... but I'm back. It's fine. You, you weren't alive for most of the 90s. We were just reminiscing. Listen, I had light, <laughs> I had, I had light up shoes. 
And okay, that's fair. I also ate kangaroo cinnamon things in icing. Mm, that's like <laughs> that's early two thousands Dunkaroos. That is not the early two thousands. That was a preschool snack. The early two thousands was kindergarten. Oh boy. <laughs> Kangaroos things with icing. <laughs> Dunkaroos. It was the frosting variety of Dunkaroos. I had an ex-boyfriend who got me Dunkaroos in like high school for Valentine's Day, and I brought them home, and my sister ate them all within like one Aww. night. She like went in my room while I was out, and she ate Good them enough. all. And they don't sell them anymore. They just sold them for like six months in two thousand nine. So. That's a that's solid like, sister move. Yeah, that's really sad. I'm sorry that that <laughs> happened to you. Um, so let's get to what do we call it? Oh, scariest part. What's the scariest part, Leah? Um, I want to say the visuals of the monster, but the more I was thinking about it, I think the fact that he's afraid of the water makes the episode really scary. Um, I have always found swimming pools to be really terrifying. When I was younger, my uncle used to tell me there were like invisible sharks in the water. So I've never, oh I, I like trust lakes more than I trust swimming pools at this point. Um, so I think that like the idea of already being afraid of something and there actually being a monster there is a little too much for me. Yeah. 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 Uh, Cassie, what's the spookiest part for you? Uh, just, I have more of like a, just a individual part of the episode, but there's this part in yes. the beginning where before the pool is filled in, there's just these big black tarps of lining it. And there's like some water, I guess, like still under it, which is not probably not real because it probably would have evaporated at that point, but it looks <laughs> like wet. And, uh, there's a part where like, uh, a figure, bubbles up under the tarp very briefly like something's moving around under it and then disappears again and I have a distinct memory of that freaking me out so much when I was a kid like as much as seeing the monster itself but just like this thing lurking kind of like just out of the corner of your eye yeah yeah I don't know I I don't remember any if this episode scared well if this show in general scared me when I was a kid like I watched this and I watched Goosebumps and I read all the original 64 Goosebumps books um uh but like I never found it scary I was too scared of horror movies until like very recent adulthood I didn't I wasn't into horror movies I have never been able to play scary video games like i had trouble as a kid getting through zelda games when they got too spooky uh i would have to turn off sonic the hedgehog when the drowning music played because it was too scary so i don't know like the kids horror i absorbed it i loved it but i don't know it never read to me as scary in the way scary things for adults did which i guess is why i never got into it but i feel like most horror hounds watch like evil dead on a sleepover in eighth grade and then they're hooked for life i don't see this as being too tremendously different from horror for adults though um just because yeah. i mean there's a really like genuinely gruesome monster that's probably as we mentioned uh, inappropriate for the age group watching it and except for the fact that they don't like say swear words uh, I feel like the plot kind of followed through what you might expect from any horror movie um, I mean people died uh, you know the stakes were pretty high I mean they used like classroom science to kill it so I guess that's something that's a little <laughs> younger but 
I don't know. I, I, I don't know that this really falls into the category of like children's horror so simply. Yeah, it um it definitely skirts the line a little bit. I I I wouldn't I wouldn't take anything from this series out of that line since the, they did they were careful to make sure the target audience was like tweens and teens. Um but yeah, they seem to get away with a little more like Buffy level of menace, which is more for like uh, the demographics that are called in the literary world young and new adult. Um, whereas this uh, is the age group, uh, what do they call it? Middle readers? Middle grade, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, um, that's, that's the difference here is they used some aesthetics that were definitely for an older demographic. Um, but yeah, I don't know why I have that dis or had that distinction. I guess I still do. I still like, I have a video game I want to play called Alien Isolation, but it's, uh, no, it's dark and I'm alone in the house. I'm not going to play a game where an alien might eat me. That's too scary. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, I think the scariest part for me is still that damn intro segment. Uh, no, I, I would have to go with um, the monster visuals. I like when it came on screen, I was like, whoa, what? Excuse me? Um, <laughs> and the whole episode, uh, the way it was paced and the way it was shot, it was it's like a very almost like a film student who doesn't necessarily have all the artistic skill or um, freedom to make what they want doing a very proto version of It Follows. It, it reminded me of It Follows because of the pool stuff and the monster being invisible. Um, I was actually thinking oh. about that. I think that that does show the separation between where it was a kid's program instead of an adult's program because, I mean... There's the pool scene in It Follows where they do, like, crazy Scooby-Doo gang stuff, and it doesn't work. And in this, they yeah. do it, and it works. And I think that's where, like, the line is drawn. Uh, like, things are... When when we have a group of kids in the show, usually they can do... They can fix the problem in some, like, outwardly ridiculous way, even though it takes itself very seriously. Yeah, I guess that's uh, an important difference, is there's not really an option for the heroes to lose if something is, like, very explicitly for kids. I mean, more so now, with stuff like Hunger Games, which is aimed at a similar, though maybe a little older, audience. I mean, it's still... Hunger Games is still like a relatively ungory, wholly sexless story of the kind that is appropriate <laughs> for middle school readers. So I think that uh, um, even its more adult uh, ethics questions don't really exclude it from that audience necessarily. But yeah, it's uh, definitely back then, though, anything that was for middle school people, it's like, well, obviously these group, this group of plucky teens is going to defeat the monster using the things that they learn at, at, at their uh, public high school. Duh. I just think that's so funny because I don't believe that is a common theme in any other Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes. Like, there might be episodes where it's kind of like, oh, we talked about this thing earlier and now we're bringing it back to solve the problem. Like, that's pretty classic you know, little storytelling thing. But like, the fact that this was so about, like, learning about science and laboratory safety um, 
I just thought that that was like, I don't know, that was just really funny. I to feel me. like a lot of episodes yeah. have like a moral to the story more so than like mm. learning something physical. Like usually we'll get a character in the beginning who has this like terrible thing about them. Like they can't share. And then by the end of the episode through like having to deal with this monster, they realize like that's the only way. Yeah. Um, I can buy the whole series on Google Play for $30. Well, not the whole series, the first five seasons. There are a couple later seasons of a revival uh, that are not, for some reason, are not available for sale. Maybe Nickelodeon doesn't have distribution rights for it. Um, But I can buy the first five seasons for $30, and I'm kind of considering it. I think I have uh, it burnt on DVD, like all of the seasons. I think I got it for a holiday in a weird, like, bulky, like, case with no words on the front. I don't know if it was, like, a black market buy or something. Ooh, oh, spooky. my gosh. I have definitely accidentally purchased things like that before, and I'd be so <laughs> angry. I'd be like, oh, wow, one of my uh, favorite anime is on DVD. I'm going to order this from Amazon.com. But it's like someone just burnt this in, in their basement <laughs> and <laughs> super sketchy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a... Uh... I I thought that I was going to have to pirate this because I was like, there's no way anyone is going to have it available for sale or stream anywhere, right? Because it's a Canadian kids show from the 90s. But apparently, it's like Nickelodeon is good about it and you can just buy their shows. So uh, there's, not, there's not any show on currently, is there, is my question, I guess, that is like horror for kids that is the anthology style of like Goosebumps or Are You Afraid of the Dark? I don't know of a single anthology TV series on right now. When people say anthology to describe a TV show, they mean each season is standalone now, and it really bothers oh, me. Man. I think it's I think it's expensive to change casts every um every. Well, they could just do episode. it. Uh, what's that adult horror show? American With Horror the- Story. American Horror Story. They could American Horror Story it and just keep <laughs> using the same cast but tell a different story every episode. I'd be do so they down. use the same cast for? Uh, between seasons? Yeah, they do. It's really weird. They apply, like, different roles to them, and they're dressed differently, or they have, like, different hair. Hmm. That's interesting. This is, like, something that was so present in all of our childhoods, like, reading Goosebumps, watching the show, watching this show, like, I watched it constantly. marathons on New Year's. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's actually another good point. And then, um, I don't know, we watched another one called, like, The Outer Limits. I mean, those are for adults, but... I'm just like, I don't know. I guess Black Mirror is like that now, right? Yeah, Black Mirror is a different story every episode. That's the closest, that's the only one I can think of. Well, there's Dimension 404 on Hulu now, which is kind of like Uh, a slightly silly, but also feels emotional while you're watching it, science fiction anthology. It's horror-based, though. Like, Black Mirror isn't always scary, um, but this one, I think, is supposed to be scary, at least to the level that Are You Afraid of the Dark is. I guess I'm just uh, annoyed that children today do not have a show that's freaking them the fuck out every night. Oh man, Discovery Kids Channel used to have every Wednesday night for three hours only terrifying TV shows. <laughs> um, that was the only day of the week I was allowed to stay up late, but they were they were real good about that. There were like ones that connected like scary things to history, and there were a bunch of anthology series. There was one about like a haunted boarding school. Oh man, I think kids these days just watch Saw movies <laughs> and play Five Nights at Freddy's. 
Oh yeah, Five Nights at Freddy's is horror <laughs> for kids. That's we right. We had preschoolers playing that. It doesn't yeah, have well, any explicit content. It's just jump scares. It's still horrifying to have like a four-year-old explaining like there are scary animatronics with ghosts inside of them trying to get you. Yeah, I mean, it's still it's. I find that franchise very interesting because, like, I even to my great shame read the um, tie-in novel um, Five Nights at Freddy's: The Silver Eyes because it was free on Kindle Unlimited. Um, and like, even in that book, there is very little that would raise a, a parent's eyebrow. Like that is like a middle grade horror novel. It's mm-hmm. for kids, and it's only slightly more uh, gruesome than the games, which are also <laughs> for kids. Even though, yes, they are about uh, <laughs> haunted animatronics that tear people's bodies apart with big claws. <laughs> <laughs> Like, um, I'm ha- so I'm like having some thoughts that I don't know how to if I can word them as uh, well as I want to, but it's I'm thinking me. about That's how me all the time. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about how like horror is an opportunity to like explore uh, scary things and bad feelings uh, in kind of like a safe zone, and it like so is it important for for children to ex- be exposed to stories that are age appropriate, but give them that opportunity to be afraid and and um, you know kind of think about these darker subjects, but in a way where like they know they're totally safe, or uh, is that not important at all? I actually have no idea. I'm just like thinking about how we had all all these access to these kinds of stories and i always like to say well i watched all this scary crap when i was a kid and i turned out just fine uh but, but the truth you? is i really i really did not turn out just fine i'm actually a huge mess and then i think about that so i don't know i don't know like should should there be more of this kind of content for kids available i don't know I think it depends how the content is, like, presented to the children. Um, Like, I think, I don't know, honest, I actually don't know. But when it comes to, like, Five Nights at Freddy's, like, when it was introduced to kids at the preschool, all of the teachers were horrified. And then, like, the more I learned about it, the more (laughs) I had to be like, well, I mean, they're going to use an iPad. Everyone's playing this. They don't seem to be actually scared. They seem to be, like, accepting of the scary thing. Um, I think when you don't have any problems in your life, which kids, for the most part, don't. Some do, which is fine. But for the most part, kids have it pretty easy. I think that it's easier to think it's fun to be scared by something that isn't real. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you're an adult and everything, you're already stressed out all the time because everything is... uh, terrible and difficult like going and being like i'm going to intentionally clench my butthole closed for two hours being afraid of a witch and it's like all right i don't i could go eat a sandwich and lay down instead and that would feel much better (laughs) oh wow that just explains so much to me about how i don't really enjoy horror that much (laughs) (laughs) i um i I'm of two minds about it. I don't like seeing gore for the most part, though I've mentioned it on the show before. I really, really, really love the Evil Dead remake, which is possibly the goriest movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, But it's, like, great. Um, But, like, something like Blair Witch, the reboot slash sequel that came out uh, last fall, that movie has basically no gore, 
Um, it's like Five Nights at Freddy's style. It's pretty much all jump scares and mood. Um, and I found myself just like cackling alone in the theater whenever something scary happened. So I don't know. I think maybe there's just some stuff uh, that you could access as an adult that would give you that excited feeling that you had as a kid watching this kind of stuff. I think that's why I like horror. I think that like when I was younger, I remember watching this and I remember the way that like my body temperature went up. And so when I watch horror now and I watch it constantly, I'm just always waiting for like that thing where it's going to be like that, that really skeeved me out, but I'm kind of happy about it because like, that's a feeling that I don't get that often. Yeah. Yeah, it's horror is a weird thing, I say on the 78th episode of my podcast about it, uh, (laughs) that I don't understand at all. (sighs) Well, that's a good episode. Do we have any any final thoughts before we get to plugs and outro? No. Okay. Let's, uh, where can the people reach you online in the manner that you would like to be accessed, Leah? Um, you can just go to my website because that leads to everything else. And my website is my name, which is spelled very complicatedly. Um, it's L-I-A-H Patterson with one T dot com. That's it. Cassie, how about you? Where can the people reach you online in ways that you would like them to? First, I want to further plug Leah really quick because Leah is a fantastically talented artist with a very cool style. And she did a portrait of my two cats that is amazing. Although maybe I shouldn't say that because I think, Leah, you said you don't actually really specialize in doing pet portraits. I 100% do like six pet portraits now a month. So I'm just kind of accepting it. Okay, they're amazing, um, and I really love mine. And um, also, speaking of my cats, uh, you can go on Instagram and find me at Love of Strings and look at lots of pictures of my cats there. And I am also on Twitter at Love of Strings. I promise that Cassie's cats are two cats and not the same cat. <laughs> they look they look very much alike, um, probably mostly as a consequence of all the photos are uh, close-up glamour shots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that is a good account to follow if you want great pictures of cats. And I also Aww. will say, uh, Leah drew a picture of me mm-hmm. as a witch that I still have not framed and hung, but I keep in a place of honor on my entertainment system waiting to be uh, properly displayed. Um, so that is another option for you if you want to be, uh, what do you, will you do gemsonas? You should do gemsonas. I will not do gemsonas. I do not like <laughs> looking at gemsonas. They make me uncomfortable. Yeah, it's, I think it's the 2017 equivalent of people doing fan art of themselves as Sonic the Hedgehog characters. It's yeah. Like, I, think you guys oh. are, I think you guys are alienating the entire Creepypasta fan base. <laughs> I really, really like Steven Universe. I do not like seeing people draw themselves in a slightly similar style with a gem. Like, um, I don't know. I just don't like it. You guys can do it. It's fine. I'm not going to draw that, though. Oh, not accept money for it that. It doesn't seem... It doesn't seem as much of a fetish thing as the Sonic drawings do. I'll give it that uh, fair thing. Um, Not that it's wrong if you want to have sex with Sonic the Hedgehog characters, but please, in your fanfiction, make sure that you are writing them to be of age, because I think Sonic the Hedgehog is canonically 16 years old. 
I don't know what that means in hedgehog years. <laughs> I hate this conversation that I've backed yeah, myself can into. Can you go back to talking about where to find you on the internet? <laughs> yes, I was about to do that. Thank you. Is Do I hear a cat yelling or is that a human being? It's not um, mine. There is uh, an alarm going off outside. I see. And the cat okay, is also fine. yelling. <laughs> okay, perfect. That's what I thought. All I heard it was like a... Uh, anyway, you can go to weaponizedlanguage.com to listen to more episodes of this show and all the shows that I make, um, including Someone's PC, the Pokemon podcast, where we're getting way up towards the end of that um, that first 151. Um, and you can listen to more episodes of see. You can listen to episodes of Seeing Reddit, which I think is way better than this show. But the iTunes numbers disagree. So go pump those numbers if you like this show. Listen to that show. It's, it's about Reddit, which is a different kind of horror. Uh, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter, J3FK, Instagram, and Snapchat, JeffJK. Um, I don't use Snapchat that much, but I like looking at pictures of people's pets and food. Um, I do post on Instagram several times a week, which I guess is not that frequent if you are some sort of uh, whatever the generation below millennials is called. Uh, Gen K! Which, I just learned this. What? That doesn't... Generation K! X, X <laughs> Listen. and then we're Y, and they should be Gen Z. No, they're Gen K, trust me. That's a whole thing, but they're we the, don't need to talk about it now. They're the last generation. It's, they're the last one. It's Gen Z. We have no more people after that. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's it for this show, and I don't have a good ending line.